think we need to eat. We do need to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm legitimately out of breath right now because I had to run down the stairs and back up the stairs to try and give Dr. Hubbard her her beautiful Stanley cup. Yeah, that has her logo on it. Well, so I didn't even talk to her about that, but my husband actually was doing those logos mm. for her. So that's why I have the oh. Stanley cup with her logo because on one of them, like when you laser engrave, you have to hit mirror. So it does the letters, mm-hmm. you know, the correct way. And he didn't. So it like started to make a D instead of the H. So he bought it from her. So I have the Hubbard dental cup. <laughs> so <laughs> Dr. Hubbard is known in our community for these cups. That, like I'll go places and they'll be like, oh, you won the giveaway for the Stanley. And I'm like, no, my husband is the one that made them and messed this one up. So I got so, it. <laughs> I got this. This one we were kicking to the curb. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So today we have Dr. Hubbard, um, Jordan Hubbard on, who is uh, just a a joy. She's super sweet, super kind, but also very driven and successful. And it was really cool to hear her story. Yeah. Very well spoken. Mm-hmm. She, uh, she's definitely like a, a force, you know, I don't even know how else to say it. Like just sitting here just felt so natural because she is confident. Right. And one of the things that I thought was cool, so many people that come on here are like, yeah, when I was growing up, I wanted to do this and they like show the whole migration of their life. And like you go to college, right? Like go to college for completely different things Mm -hmm. or whatever. And she's like, Nope. Went to college. I wanted to be a dentist, went to dental school. And now I was eight years old and I decided I was going to be a dentist. (laughs) Yeah. Like she was like, I had my eyes on this and that's what I did. (laughs) Yeah. It was like a very linear progression, Mm -hmm. but I think, dang it. I'm so mad. We didn't get our Enneagram. Um, How did I not she's a one. ask that? You think so? Yeah. Dr. Hubbard, if you're listening, <laughs> please reach out to us and tell us what your Enneagram number is. Leave it in the comment <laughs> on, our, on your reel, please. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think so. One, three, eight. Maybe. Because she talked about like the spontaneous aspects too, which is like kind of how seven. I am mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. pulling your seven yeah yeah I mean we'll see but yes I thought it was a very just organic conversation which I love so much and just that she's doing all these things and being a mom mm-hmm. right like she clearly values family I mean we talked afterwards <laughs> homeschooling all the things <laughs> right right and that she is able to run a business and she works in the office two days a week yeah so that she can be a mom. Right. Like that's pretty incredible and admirable. Yeah. So. Four years in. Four years in. 31 years old, she said. I know. Yeah. Does that feel like really young to you? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I just turned 37. doesn't feel that young, but also it's like, no, you're kind of a big deal at 31, like owning a practice, three kids. Mm-hmm. You're so established. Right. And I think most people aren't really that way. Like you're not very established at 31. I think all three of us in this room were, <laughs> but in general, I don't know. I look back and I'm like, I wasn't that put together at 31, but maybe at 31, other people that were 31 thought that I was. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think generally speaking, twenties are like, let me try on this job and see if I like this and do that. And then, 
you know, do something completely different and then like settle on the, on one thing that I enjoy or maybe not enjoy, but have to do for a living. Mm-hmm. But a lot of doctors that I know did just like go to school, become a doctor and then just be super badass. Right. But the fact that she was not only a doctor, but opened her own practice and is running a business with such a positive company culture, mm-hmm. you can tell they have fun. Like if you follow her social media, um, you know, they have like dress up days yeah. and then like party days and that they're truly a family at her business. Yeah. A family that they're choosing. Right. Cause a lot of times I will call our company culture a family. And then some people are like, well, I kind of don't like my family. <laughs> And I'm like, that's that's good. Yes. Except one of the members is her family. It's her dad. True. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So the family that you choose, and that's really what you want in a work environment. That's what you want in friendships. You know, Mm -hmm. you want to be close enough, but also respect each other and value each other's opinions, which doesn't necessarily always happen in a family, but Yeah. um, yeah. So Great conversation, lots of good insights on leadership, and um, we hope you enjoy Dr. Jordan Hubbard. I'm Sarah. I'm Caitlin. Two women discussing all things in business. Welcome to She's She's the the Boss. (laughs) This is Dr. Jordan Hubbard. (laughs) So from Hubbard Dental, um, we were excited to have you on. We waited because you just had a baby. Yes, I did. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) So tell us um, a little bit about yourself and your your journey to becoming a dentist and Moore County mom, all the things. (laughs) So I'm Jordan Hubbard. Um, I grew up in Michigan. Um, my father is a dentist and so I got to spend my childhood in all things teeth. He would come home (laughs) and tell us teeth stories at the dinner table. Um, like what kind of stories do you remember? Oh yes. All of it. Sometimes I remember some of them at the age I was at, I was like, that's disgusting. Stop talking about that at the dinner table. But, um, it came to be like, that was life. My mom was his office manager. Like our whole lives revolved around, you know, his practice. And I shouldn't say that because he, um, was a very present father. He, was at every volleyball game, every um, violin recital, and he coached my soccer team growing up. Um, dentistry affords you a lifestyle where you can take time away from the office. Mm-hmm. And so he was able to be very present, and that was great. But our life was teeth. Like, everything was teeth. And um, growing up, it's not that I didn't like that. I, I did enjoy that, but I didn't think that that was going to be where I was going at one point in time, I remember being, I think I was seven or eight years old, and I told him, I'm going to be president one day. And he said, no, don't do that. You'll be the first woman president. You'll get shot. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. Uh, 
immediately to death. All things end yeah. in death. Okay. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I I loved Oprah. I was like, mm. oh, I'm gonna be a talk show host, right? Four p.m. Yes. Every day. Yes. And um, he was like, no, no, you can't do that. You'll you'll never make it. Not everybody makes it in that world. I, I like, love that he is so real. Yes, very real. Like yeah. there were no foo foo fluffy, you know, happy, whatever. Um, I shouldn't say that. It was a very happy childhood, but it was like to the point, like you got to think about this. And, and at one point I said, I was going to be, um, a singer. And he said, again, Jordan, that world, you're, you're not going to make it. Not everybody makes it. And I said, okay, fine. Maybe, you know what? I think I'll be a dentist. And he said, that sounds like a good idea. That was the first one he was in on. Yeah. So you sing? Oh, I enjoy singing. I wouldn't say I'm the best at it. One day, maybe I'll join the church choir, but um, <laughs> I enjoy it. So maybe there's a little collab to go on over here again. <laughs> I can we got do, Kelsey can do in the studio. Trade. Yeah. My sister. Trade. You're like a cleaning for some vocal lessons. Yeah. <laughs> My sister was part of a group. They won. Um, was it? Is it Grammys that they win for singing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, So her group won. <laughs> I love that. You're like. So my sister's like kind of a singer. It, have you heard of the Grammys? Have you heard of that thing? Oh my gosh, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. So she was a singer in a, a choir that um, with the Michigan State University. Oh, how cool! Um, so yeah, we have some singing in the family, but I was never going to make it as a singer, right? right? I had to be a dentist. What so. was the like allure to singing? Um, I think I or being famous. Yeah, that I think that's what it was. I. I love being in charge. I have from a young age. I have never been a follower. I've always been a leader. And all of these things, right? President, talk show host, <laughs> singer, right? You're in charge of something. Dentist. Dentist. <laughs> yes. Um, and that's kind of, that's what it's always been for me. It's that leadership, um, leading a group of people for a common cause that's always appealed to me. Yeah. Are you the oldest? I am. That's why I was going to ask is <laughs> yes. where you fell in the lineup. Yeah. So, yes. and how many other siblings? Just one younger sibling. She's okay. two years younger than me. Okay. So. Yeah. So it was like dad's first go at like, what are you going to be? Right. Yeah. Right. We got to make so, sure we get this right. You know, we figured out <laughs> I was going to be a dentist. And it was funny because when it came time to take the DIT, the dental admissions test, um, one of the things on there is called the perceptual ability test. And it's a bunch of images that you kind of have to recreate. So for example, some of them would be different angles all off by one degree and you have to pick which one is the biggest. Um, another one is like a cube, like a 3d cube that's put into a 2d rendering. Can you picture what I'm saying? Like, you Mm -hmm. know how it's like almost looks like hopscotch. Yes. And then you have to say, what does this look like in 3d, but it's not as easy as a cube. And another one, and I was literally in the test and I laughed out loud because growing up, my dad had this game when he was cooking dinner, he would fold up a piece of paper and take a pen and punch a hole in it and say, Jordan, what will this look like when I open it up? And I'd have to tell him where the holes would be. That is one of the questions. Oh, he was like prepping you. He was prepping me for this my whole life. (laughs) My whole life. Subconsciously, okay, like, but I also know. I feel like this <clears throat> might be kind of a thing in the dental world, M- maybe other worlds too. But I have a few friends whose dads were dentists, and it was just kind of a thing that you were going to go to dental school and take over the practice, and mostly firstborn girls, yeah. 
I wonder if that's just like I don't I that's wonder what it is. Yeah. Like you just grow up around it and it just becomes part of your life. I don't I, don't I feel know. like I mean that's true for a lot of my friends. It's true for a lot of us in the dental world. Maybe it's because at least with dentistry, the business is not just the business, right? It's the business and taking care of others. And there's a lot of responsibility with both of those things. And so it inevitably feeds into your home life. You hear about it at home, no Mm -hmm. matter what, Mm -hmm. versus my husband's job. We never talk about my husband's job at the kitchen table. Um, my mom, you know, like <laughs> what does he do? He he's a data scientist, uh, way over my head. Yeah, but, um, we don't talk about that. Sure. Um, even growing up, my mom she was very high up in Longaberger. Um, I don't know if you guys know mm-hmm. the basket company. Longaberger. Yes. Oh. Um, so she was a regional <laughs> advisor, name. which is like very high up, and she would travel a lot, do big things for them. We didn't really talk about her job at the kitchen table either. But you talk about dentistry. Um, and Do I, you think because it's just relatable? Like everybody has teeth. Or everybody has teeth. Teeth, you know. <laughs> Some people don't have Hopefully. teeth. <laughs> but right. But like, you know, everybody has oral hygiene. <laughs> right. Right. You Something's going on in people's mouths. It could be. Um, I think the other part, too, is dentistry can be a very isolating profession. You know, there's one dentist, one boss in the office. And the only time we really collaborate is at study clubs or mm. CE. Um, and there's a lot, like I said, a lot of responsibility and stress in dentistry more than people realize. You know, at one point in time, dentists did have the highest suicide rate in the country um, because there's so much responsibility that falls on us and people expect things that sometimes just aren't able to be attained. Um, And so trying to manage people's expectations, trying to manage people's thoughts about finances, all while trying to just make sure people are healthy, it's a lot. And so that's why I think it comes home at the dinner table because that's your time to like vent and be with your family and, um, you know, feel safe and secure. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that transfer of, work into your life at home leaves an impression on the kids. And that ultimately, you know, obviously is a good thing because so many of us end up following in those footsteps. Mm-hmm. But like growing up where you're like, Oh, I don't want to hear about this again. Cause I feel like our family, like I'll go home and be talking about it. And my kids and husband were just all very open and honest with each other. They're like, please stop talking about the studio. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay sorry it's just my day (laughs) just my life I think at some point you know especially those teenage years I was kind of like okay I'm I'm done hearing about teeth um I know like I'm fascinated with what kind of stories you would hear would you hear about people not taking care of their teeth and like what he had to do to help them so it was almost like this is why we take care of our teeth you know (laughs) like I could imagine it would be like that because I think part of parenting when they're really young is like okay, we're getting ready for bed and now we have to brush our teeth and now we have to floss. And it's like this whole training process. And so if that's your everyday life, I mean, are you hearing some like kind of horror stories or was it just like the mundane too? I think it it was a little bit of everything. Um, You know, we'd hear about patients that something really bad happened because they weren't taking care of their teeth the way they should have. But I'd also hear about, you know, my dad, maybe not living up to his own expectations. Oh. And um, I've all, I'd also hear about, you know, this patient absolutely loved him and spread all this good news to all these people, and now he got an influx of all these patients. And so we'd hear a little bit of everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. I bet my dentist last week went home and talked about my kid. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yes, I saw your, I saw your post. Oh, about my God. oh, you posted about it. Yeah. I did not see that. It was, yeah, it was a week. You know, and when you're home alone, like when your husband's gone and you've got all this 
crap. You're like, well, I guess I'll just talk to Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we didn't record or anything, so we didn't see each other. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So traumatic week. So I hope it went okay though. No, it was awful, oh, and I'm it's so still sorry. awful. Like every time I brush our teeth, and it's just bleeding, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. She's like, Why is it red? Oh. Why are my sheets red? Oh, so. Yeah, that is I perhaps explain. like a traumatic. I guess I should explain thing. for people that don't know. Yeah, what I didn't know say. if you wanted to. Yeah. And so oh, I wasn't like, going to ask. You don't want to. We can talk about it after. <laughs> no, no. So, okay. So I guess Samantha doesn't really eat because she has digestive issues, right? And Which so, has been going on since since birth. birth. Yeah, right. And then they took. They were like, okay, you can't eat gluten, dairy, corn, soy. I think that was it. But that's everything. Everything. Right. And so. Anyways, so she w- was still having digestive issues. She always had like blood in her stool and wouldn't poop. And then when she would, po- it was awful from birth. I would like take the diaper to my next door neighbor who's a pediatrician. I'm like, can you look at this diaper? <laughs> like what's going on? So it's been this long journey, but she would only eat in short increments and therefore it would eat all throughout the night. Like never would sleep, nothing. And then finally, when she started switching to solids, um, she would just hold it in her mouth and wouldn't eat. So then she'd wake up in the middle of the night and be hungry. And the only thing I could get her to eat were those like pouches. Yeah. Like the baby food pouches. Uh-huh. So she's also eating two to three of those throughout the night because that's all I could get her to eat. Yeah. And at that point you're not thinking like, let me brush your teeth after you. You're right. You're three teeth. Well, I, and I <laughs> did, whatever. you know what I mean? Like, right. And I did think about it too. I'm like, gosh, I hate for this to be sitting on her teeth, but my child has to eat. Well, my know? child has to eat. I have other kids and I, I have, have a business. Sleep. I yes, yeah, Sleep's important. I had a newborn at that point oh, by gosh. that time. And so I'm like, I need to sleep. So I don't want to like get her up and go brush her teeth. But then also throughout the day, every time she's eating, she just holds it in her mouth. Well, one day she fell um, at home and hit her front teeth. And so I took her to the dentist. That like gives me like shock pain through my body. Yeah. It happened to Austin too. And they like turned brown like immediately. Uh, And things like that freak me out, man. Yeah. So I took her to a dentist and they said, do you even brush her teeth? (gasps) They did not say that to you. And I said, no. Good for you. And she like looked at me and I was like, I have five kids. You guys see my other kids here. What do you think? Like, I can't believe you actually just just a layer of shame over that. Yeah. And she's like, well, they're all decayed. And I said, I am aware that she has tooth issues. She also does not use the bathroom. She also does not eat. She also has, they've, put her on multiple protein shakes a day like we've we've got major things there's right and it's order of priorities too at that point right Right. like i need to get my child to eat yeah yeah like (laughs) they need to survive first right right because it was like the talks of do we put in a feeding tube you know it, it got that serious so you know she's like was like 21 pounds at this point you know at age three so they're like, well, we also need to get, fix all of these, bring the anesthesiologist. They do all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, we don't actually don't feel comfortable putting her to sleep because she's so oh, small, 
small and tiny and all these other issues. And I'm like, okay, so can we just talk about the trauma of the teeth? I'm aware (laughs) that there's problems. But then also my older kid's orthodontist looked at him. And at that point, um, he goes, they're not decayed. They're something almost like porous. I think it'd be demineralized. I don't know. He like showed me a picture almost like if they're a sponge. Is that what it is? It could be. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's like that. That's probably what it is. But nobody could ever get x-rays on her because she's like, no. Anyway. So finally, one of them started hurting in the back. And that's when I was like, okay, now we'll finally have to take care of it. Um, And so I went to take her and I was like, can we just like fix the molars so that she can eat? And they're like, well, while she's asleep, we'd like to go ahead and fix all of them. And I'm like, yeah, but you haven't even x-rayed them. Can you just x-ray them first and like tell me exactly what has to be done? Because I'm like, in a year, she's going to start losing these. So they put her to sleep. And he before they put her to sleep, he goes, this was last Monday. He goes, please just let me do what needs to be done without keeping her asleep longer to come out and talk to you. And I was like, fine. So she comes out, you know, you go through the trauma of them coming out of anesthesia and they're like crazy children, like screaming at you, like demon possessed child. So they're like only soft food. So I'm like, that's all she eats anyways. Um, Because she still doesn't really eat. She's been going to therapy. I mean, she's made progress. I love the therapist. Like she's done great things. So only soft food. So the next day we were leaving Walmart and she ate cheese. She was eating some cheese. I'm like, this is soft. And by now the crown should be set. It's been 24 hours. And one falls off in the car and she starts screaming. And I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, my tooth fell off. And I'm like, no, it did not. You're fine. And oh I my look, gosh, are you driving at this point? I'm driving on, yeah, right here. Oh, Morgan it's so Tenere. stressful. And I look and there's like blood and <gasps> she's like holding it in her hand. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. And then, like, <laughs> right? it's yeah. not, I, I didn't actually respond. Like she didn't, I don't think saw me respond with panic. And I was like, oh yeah. I went back there and I grabbed it. I was like, oh, yeah, that happens sometimes. <laughs> Stop. It's okay. We're going to ultimate mom move. Yeah. Very right? good job. <laughs> I'm like, we're going to call the dentist. We're just going, they'll glue it back on. Mm. But we get there, they can't glue it. So he had to like, her mouth is so teeny tiny. He had to like kind of put it on crooked. And they're like, we can either glue it back on, we can put in a stainless one, then she'll have a silver tooth there, or we can extract it because it's a baby tooth. Yeah. And I was like, well, if you put it back on, is it going to fall off again? He goes, well, we would need to take some time to maneuver all the others. He's like, but really time is of the essence here. Like, she's not going to lay there and like, let us do all of that. I was like, all right, just pull it. So we like yeah. had to hold her down. But the yeah. problem is she wouldn't bite down on the gauze. Oh. So blood is like, <laughs> it's like a, a murder scene. Yeah. Blood was like everywhere. And then she's screaming, which is making her blood pump even oh harder and faster. Oh my and it gosh, was like spraying so out. Hard. Yeah. She got all the toys at the dentist that day. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, it, and now every time she eats, I don't want my tooth to fall out. Oh my gosh. She's like, she's like traumatized. Yeah. Which sets us back for therapy. Sure. Yeah. However long yeah. she was already scared to eat. Cause she's got this subconscious thing about using the bathroom right. and eating. And so now she's got this thing about the tooth. So 
that's why. And we're not like big on the tooth fairy and stuff, but we were this time. Yeah. You're like, she coming. She coming with her bag of gold. Yes. You get so much. I was like, Brandon, should we give her like toys and like all tight? And I was Throw like, Throw her no. a birthday party. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sparkle together all in the room. I was like, no, we shouldn't because I don't want to set the precedent. I She's know, but that's totally what we think to do. Like, let me take this away. Although it wouldn't even like take the trauma away, but we're like, we're trying. Right. No. And she's still excited about that dollar. It's like, like the oh, softest dollar now because sure. she has carried oh. it. She took it to school, preschool to show. Mm-hmm. And we we're like, it's so cool. You lost your tooth. And yeah. like, she feels like a trendsetter now. Sweet thing. But yeah, so that was just a horrible, traumatic. I don't know if that one would come last up at the dinner table. Just <laughs> <laughs> the, right, is that lot. one you're bringing home? <laughs> the extraction the thing? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he went and got like another dentist to get his mm-hmm. opinion on on what to do oh they said i could have left it too but it was just that little like yeah no a little sensitive but, yeah. but yeah no those those conversations did not happen at the dinner table at least not that graphic it wasn't um, that graphic blood that. everywhere yes. yeah <laughs> spilling, spilling blood everywhere all over the walls it's like a murder scene no. don't you want to be a dentist oh, yes. yeah, right? yeah. yeah so do you yeah. see pediatrics through adults yeah i okay. see newborns through through geriatrics, but um, should I continue to tell you how I how I got yes, there? Yes, please. Okay. So after you know I got my approval to be a dentist, <laughs> yeah. um, I ended up I went to UNCW. Um, I kind of stumbled upon the school because I'm from Michigan. We used to um, vacation there, and we literally found the school. I thought I wanted to go to Chapel Hill. I wanted to get out of Michigan. Um, because it's cold. Yeah. I was gonna um, say, it's it's cold. Cold. Well, I mean, that would be like a no brain. Well, yeah. for well, most people, for me, I'd be like, get me the hell out of here. But maybe it was like, no, I don't know. My small town, like, well, and that boyfriend. was part of it too. I like I, I had a boyfriend and we actually did long distance for almost four years when I was in college. Wow. But, um, wow. Yeah. Okay. We'll get that was, there. We'll yeah, get that there. was actually really good for me. But, um, <laughs> I want to hear about that too. But I, I am a leader, right? I do things differently. And all of my friends were going to the schools in Michigan. And I was like, yeah. I'm going to go do something crazy. And so I was in North Carolina and um, was doing like a little, whatever those days are, you know, where you can see the school yeah. at UNCW. And I was at the honors college because I was like, this is kind of the only way I'll go here is if I get into the honors college. And there was a girl next to me who also wanted to go to Chapel Hill. We were at the booth together and learning about things. And the girls running the booth said, well, we were actually both here at this same orientation day. And we met at this booth and we became roommates. And I looked at the girl next to me and I was like, (laughs) if you go here, I'll go here. And she said, okay. Um, She's now a doctor at Vanderbilt. Um, And so we were roommates. And um, that's kind of how I went to UNCW. I graduated in three years. Um, I had my eyes set on dental school. I knew what I wanted and I was going to go get it. So I worked very hard, graduated with honors in three years and went, got immediately accepted to the university of Detroit mercy. That's where my father and my cousin went. So it's a legacy thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I started dental school, um, in dental school, I met my husband, Thank you, Tinder. And oh, for wait, real? wait, wait. Yes. We <laughs> have to have the breakup. <laughs> right. So you were with this. I was with my high school boyfriend for like four and a half years. Okay. So um, you started dating what? Like junior year, senior yeah, year? Yeah. It was like, it was either end of junior year, beginning of senior year, something like that. Okay. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, 
great guy. Um, and he like supported all of my dreams. And um, he was going to college somewhere else. Somewhere else. Yes. Okay. He stayed in Michigan. Okay. Um, and I was in North Carolina and we would see each other like every six weeks. We made it a priority. Six weeks? Yeah. As we, a college student? Right. Like, like, I mean, I had three jobs in college. He was working. And so there were times when I would fly back to see my family and I would see him. Yeah. Um, or like, I remember the one time he took a bus down to North Carolina. It took like 32 hours. Yes. <laughs> it's not like you're yeah. just like, oh, we're going from Asheville to Wilmington. Right. It's like... No. like Michigan. Yeah, it's kind of far. <laughs> yes. And wow. I mean, everybody knew him. Um, he, he's a great guy. Um, it ultimately came down to I had these big dreams. And by the time I graduated, we were together when I graduated. Um, but it was shortly after that that we broke up. I just felt like I was always two steps in front of him and I needed a partner. Um, and I didn't feel like he could give me that. And so, um, you know, he is in Michigan still, I'm, I hope he's doing amazing things with his life. He's a great guy. It just, I needed someone to stand with me. Yeah. Um, and so we ended things right before I actually moved back to Michigan. <laughs> so, uh, when I was back in Michigan, yes. <laughs> that was probably almost easier though than being there together again. And you would have been like, Oh, for I don't sure. Know. Well, sorry. and I think having a long distance boyfriend in college allowed me to focus so much on school, right? Like I wasn't going around sure. trying to find a boyfriend or chasing boys or mm -hmm. whatever. Like I, I had someone and it was stable and I would take one or two days every six weeks to see him and be with him. Otherwise I was focused on school. Um, so I think it was really good for me to have him in my life during that period of time. Um, but then when I got to dental school, um, I was in a di very different relationship. Um, that ended about a year later, not a good one. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> um, but I met Shane um, on Tinder because all of my girlfriends, they were either married or about to be married. And I got on Tinder just because they all had plans on Friday nights and I didn't. And so I just got on Tinder. And what year is this? This was... 2013 2014 anyone on tinder like, was around that yeah how like progressive of you to be like i'm gonna go on an app well and i'm such a like if you know me i'm such a traditional person i know i'm like shocked by yeah. this <laughs> like what like, you this is not anything that i would do but like i said i needed something to do on friday nights and I met a bunch of people and have some really great Tinder stories for another day. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, very good ones. That would be a fun episode. <clears throat> but yeah. I had learned over these dates that if you did not like meet the person that you started talking to relatively quickly, it would go nowhere. And so Shane and I were talking for a while and I said, take me on a date. And he said, oh, okay. And so he planned this date. And I was the first girl on Tinder that he ever went out with. Um, he planned this beautiful date. Um, we went to a comedy club. We met beforehand for drinks. Then we went to a comedy club. We went to a bar afterwards. And the bar finally kicked us out. They're like, you guys need to go home. We just had, like, <laughs> amazing conversation. Like, it was so much fun. But at the end of the night, I was like, this is the best date I've ever been on. And he did not kiss me. And I was like... Oh no. Oh, was that like, like your measure of yes, did it go well for him? Right. Yeah. And I was like, he didn't kiss me. Like, what does this mean? So I didn't know what to do. I was, uh, I had gone out with a, another guy previously. So I was like, I guess I'll just continue things with him because clearly this guy didn't feel the same way I did. Isn't that so funny how we do that? Yeah. He probably went home and was like, that chick was super cool. Like, I'm really glad we went out and didn't even think of like, oh, I should have kissed her or something. That was apparently what happened. Or he probably really wanted to kiss you, but he was like, like nervous nervous, nervous. Yes. yeah like maybe she's not into it like uh right 
So we ended up going on a second date, and um, the second date went. Just How did that as well. happen? Did he reach out to you? Um, he did. I think it was a few days later. He said, maybe we should get together again. And I said, yes, please. I didn't even think a text was coming from him because right. he didn't kiss me. Yeah. And, You're like, um, yes, please. And can you kiss me this time? Right. Well, I actually had to ask him <laughs> at the end of our second date. It was like another amazing date. And I looked at him and I was like, will you please kiss me? Oh, you. Just the leader. Always the leader. Always. <laughs> um, but, you know, speaking of, it was our third date. It was our third or fourth date that I told him, listen. I date with the intent to marry. Otherwise, what's the point? Right. Um, I fully intend to move back to North Carolina one day. So if that's not in the cards for you, we're going to end it right now. And he just kind of looked at me and said, I could live in North Carolina one day. And I said, okay, cool. Yeah. So So he basically just told you like, yeah, I'm super into you. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And um, so I graduated dental school. We moved to North Carolina. We lived in the mountain. We got married when I was in dental school. Um, So that happened my fourth year of school. Um. We moved to <clears throat> Shelby, North Carolina, which is like the foothills, um, mm. very small town. We loved it there. I was an associate at a practice there for about a year and a half. I left that practice and worked at a practice in Charlotte um, for about a year and a half while also doing temping opportunities. So um, I was a locum tenens dentist for a while. It allowed me to cover for doctors that were on maternity leave or medical leave or just wanted to go on vacation. Um, And so I got to see a lot of different practices and how they do things in a lot of different ways. But also during that time, I knew I wanted to buy a practice. Um, I, Like I mentioned, I've always been a leader. I was never meant to work for someone. And so I found a practice um, that I actually wanted to buy in Rutherfordton, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Rutherfordton. Rutherfordton. Yes. Which is where? Um, just outside of like the Lake Lure area, but it's very small. Very small. <laughs> okay, I can just tell by the name. That is right? a pretty area. It though. is very pretty. It's not far from Shelby. Um, and the practice was everything I was looking for. Um, it was it's a fee for service practice, and what that means is they don't accept insurance, so you can kind of do treatment the way you want to do treatment and not be dictated by companies telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it had been established for a long time. It was on a main road. He had an associate doctor there. I was so excited about this practice. Um, we, I, My husband and I had met with the owner and his wife. We had gone on multiple dinners together. Our philosophies aligned. And so we made an offer, or I made an offer on the practice, and it was accepted. And, um, you know, I did all the things you do when you buy a practice. You hire an attorney. You get your CPA on board. You um, have an advisor. And my... Yes, all the things that everyone should be doing when you're starting or... (laughs) A business. Buying a business. All the things that make you feel fancy, but you don't know what you're actually doing. No, but that's why you bring them on. Because you're like, help me know what to do. Right. So I had my team... And I remember sitting down with my attorney and going over her fees. And she said, okay, these are my fees and they're good for up to three practices. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. I just want one. And she goes, oh, no, honey, it's not going to happen the first time. And I said, well, yes, it is. I have this practice that I'm going to buy. Here's my offer letter. Oh, like she's saying like, oh, this might not work, girlfriend. And you were like. And I was like, no, yes, it's going to work. (laughs) Um. So I didn't really listen to her. Um, I mean, I, I listened to her advice, but I didn't listen to that portion of things. <laughs> so, I pick and choose. Yes. I was like, no, this, this is my so practice. something we I would do. so aligned. I mean, the doctor's name was Dr. Jordan. I was like, how perfect is right. this? Like, this is meant to be. 
Um, I was very excited because at the time we had just found out, well, during this process, we had found out we were pregnant with my first. And I was just excited to own this business. I have these big goals in my life. And I was like, I get to own this business before I'm 30. Like, this is amazing. Um, I The close date on the practice was April 1st, my 27th birthday. Um, and oh. I was so excited. Um, and so I spent weeks preparing, you know, making sure my office manuals were up to date, talking with my CPAs, making sure everything's in place. I mean, I sunk so much time into this practice. I met the staff. I started making plans for renovation of the office. It was a little dated. Um, and I was excited. And a week before the practice was set to close, I got a text from Dr. Jordan that said, I'm sorry, but I can't proceed. I don't know why I'm getting emotional. This is like <laughs> six years ago. That's what happens in here. It's fine. Yeah. It's, um, that's a big It was a deal. huge letdown. You yeah. Know, I thought that this was the start of my dream and um, it wasn't going to happen. So, you know, I, I, and of all things, this was supposed to be like the best birthday present ever. Right. Mm -hmm. And now this birthday was going to be filled with disappointment. And so, um, I was sad. I was angry. I called my attorney. What was his reason though? He didn't give a very good reason. Um, he was just kind of like, I don't think this is a good fit. I don't think that, um, this is what I want to do, blah, blah, blah. I truly think the reason was his wife was his office manager and she was a lot younger than him. And she still wanted to be my employee when the transition occurred, which we had decided was not going to happen. Um, and I think she wasn't ready to let it go. Um, now looking back, they did end up selling the practice two years later. I think she mm. just needed that extra time. You know, mm. I don't think she was ready. Um, and you know, we had oh. talked about how dentistry is such a family affair. I think that's what it was. So, you know, I talked to my attorney, I was like, what, what recourse do I have? Like, yeah, you what immediately went to like, like okay, fix this. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, um, my attorney was kind of like, Jordan, you got to let it go. Uh, and right, nothing had been signed at that point. Nothing had been signed. No money had transferred hands. Right. Like it's it, not like a real estate transaction right? where it's like, you know, due diligence and all that. Nope. And so, and she gently reminded me that her fees were good for three practices. <laughs> <laughs> You're like so, too soon. Right. Too soon. Ah, <laughs> uh, she's clearly seen this before. Right. Right. So I would have been like, you willed this into existence. Right. <laughs> you said it. I almost wonder if he did it before, if she like even saw that and was like, oh, like mm, he maybe had sold before or tried to. He cut it. I don't know the history of that, but mm. um, well, I'm just thankful. Like we didn't like buy a house there, you know, like we weren't like right. established. Right. It yeah. was close enough to where we were living that it was okay. And so I took the, the next, well, gosh, it was about a year. Um, of time, I was continued my locum work, and I had a baby. We had our first little baby, Beckett, um, and that was nice too because it allowed me more time to set my schedule and be home with him and figure things out. So we had Beckett in September of 2019, and um, I actually, right before I had him, I found a practice that. I thought I might want to go see. Um, and it was in Pinehurst, North Carolina, which I knew nothing of Pinehurst at the time. 
Um, but do they just put them for sale online? I was just kind of. There's like <laughs> there's like, like brokers. There's dental brokers, sure. and there's sites that have practices for sale. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's also like word of mouth. There's lots of different ways to buy a practice, but um, I found this one online. Um, and so we made a appointment to go visit. And so my husband and I and our little baby, we drove out to Pinehurst and Pinehurst is very much like the community I grew up in. And so it immediately felt like home. And I was like, wow, like maybe this is something. And we toured the practice and it was even better than the first practice. It was more up to date. It was bigger. It felt more homey. It was way more established. Um, And the doctor who was selling it him and I now, we are very good friends. Um, and we clicked so well. And it felt more like I look at um, Bill McDermott is the doctor who I bought the practice from. And I look at him as a mentor, but also a father figure. You know, he's very protective of me and likes to see me succeed in areas outside of the practice too. And so it just felt good were you like skeptical the whole time though like I was I mean just tiptoeing yes Mm -hmm. like anything that's been you know ripped out from under your feet there's like concern there yeah but at the same time I couldn't help the feeling of like like that hopefulness that you're just like this maybe this is it Mm -hmm. and so I we went home and I talked to my parents because my father like I mentioned is a dentist and he had sold his practice in North Carolina or in in Michigan with hopes to move to North Carolina but he still wanted to work somewhere he didn't want to own anymore and his stipulations like they have been my whole life (laughs) (laughs) was that ever a thing that you would buy his practice I don't know we never really talked about that um he knew as soon as I went to UNCW that I didn't want to stay in Michigan. Sure, okay. Um, I don't know if that was ever his goal for me or not, but um, I can tell you now he's very happy where he is. Yeah, but, okay, yes, um, please continue. But yes, he, he still needed to work, but he only wanted to work one to two days a week as an associate. And I said, well, dad, like associates don't normally do that. You normally work full time as an associate. And he's like, no, 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 I'm, you're going to buy a practice so we can both work there. And so the other great thing about this practice in Pinehurst was that it could support both of us. It could support two families. And so I was like, man, this this might just be it. So my parents took a trip out to Pinehurst. They fell in love with of it. Course. I mean, who doesn't right. when you come here? And so I put an offer in on the practice and he accepted. Well, he actually didn't accept it. <laughs> so <laughs> I put an offer in and it was a little below what he was asking. And he messaged me and said, Jordan, listen, I want you to buy my practice but I have eight other offers and you need to at least offer me full ask. And I was like, gosh, dang it. (laughs) (laughs) But I did. Um, And so he accepted and we started moving forward with the buying process. And this whole time I was trying not to sink as much time into it as I did with the previous one, because I, I didn't know, you know, my attorney said this could happen three times. And now I believed her. Now I was listening. Yeah, of course. And I um, was getting everything ready. We and I said, "Okay, Bill, I'm going to buy a house. Like that's the next step. So I have to move there." So we started looking at houses, and he knew that this was a big step. Like we kind of have to move forward right. now. So like I'm going to live here <laughs> now, right. so I'm going to um, need a job. Yes, we <laughs> bought a house that needed some renovations that we had done prior to us moving in. And then the world shut down because this was March of 2020. 
and his practice shut down and there was nothing and it was devastating because at this point my husband and I had moved here we were moved into our house we still hadn't sold our house in Shelby I was now without a job luckily he was still working but we had two house payments I had no job I didn't even know when this practice was going to open again Mm -hmm. Um, you know no one had any clue and not just that but I was getting messages from Dr. McDermott saying are you still moving forward? Are you still buying Right, this? he's freaking out. Right, and I'm like, well, listen, like there's literally no way for me to take on a loan with no way to pay it back. And so we were just kind of on hold, on standby, but I, we continued messaging each other. I made him know that I was in this fully. I mean, I had a house here. I had moved, my parents had moved here. Everything was set to go. All the eggs were All in All the eggs were in one basket, yeah, and I needed him to move forward with this with me. And so it, it, you know, our communication continued throughout the pandemic. um, And I learned that he actually had tried to sell this practice before. And I learned that three days before they were set to close, his seller backed out of the deal. Oh, so he's coming at it from the opposite side. Right. And you guys are experiencing the same thing. The same feelings together. We had both been burned before. (sighs) And that was just comforting knowing that, we could understand each other in that way and that we could trust each other's word because we knew how valuable that was at this point in time. And so I told him, I said, listen, Bill, I just need to see the practice open and be open for two weeks. So I know people are coming back so I can pay this massive loan that I'm taking right. out. Everybody needs a little reassurance. Right. Yeah. And I said, like, as soon I as I that's see that. very cheap to no. buy a dental practice. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, and when you're buying a practice, are you buying, you're buying the patients essentially because they would continue to come to the practice, but are you buying the building and everything with it? So I formed two companies. So I do own my building and I was buying that building Mm -hmm. and I was buying, when you buy a dental practice, you can't buy patients, right? I can't control you. That might've been a real bad way of saying it. You buy, (laughs) like you bought the people. Yeah. I bought the people. Um, (laughs) You buy, it's called goodwill and it's literally the trust you're buying the trust that the seller is going to talk you up to these patients so that they will stay with the practice. Sure. And I mean, that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you, you're not buying anything tangible. Of course, you're buying what's located for the practice, right? Like the x-ray machines uh-huh. or, you know, that kind of stuff. You're buying that, yeah. but that doesn't do anything without people there. And so you're buying the goodwill of the practice. And then I also was buying the building. So when you, when you, do that are you getting the patient data too like are you getting their email addresses and their phone numbers and that Correct. stuff yes and then do the patients have to consent to that or is it so they consent by coming in at that point in time so once the practice transition occurs you typically send a letter which he did he sent a letter announcing his retirement um, endorsing me for the practice um, and that's it Patients still had their next cleaning appointments on the books, but it's up to them if they want to keep it or not. Mm-hmm. So they consent by coming in. Okay. Yes. Just curious. Yes. The logistics. The dental that. practice transition is very um, interesting from a business perspective. It's not like other businesses that you buy and sell. 
at all because um, you can't buy and sell human beings. So <laughs> Right. Let's clarify that. Caitlin. This is not some sort of human trafficking, nothing like that. We're not talking about buying people. I hope you understood yes, my intent in what I said. Jeez. I'm giving you a hard time. No, I know. <laughs> Just clarifying for everyone listening. <laughs> Jeez. Yes. So, okay. So there you were during the pandemic. Yeah. Like, hopefully, can you open up? Can I open? What can yeah. I do? What um, month is this about? This was this was March, um, but this was kind of continuing into April when things were starting to get really hairy. When we were all kind of like, when is the world? Gonna What's open? happening? Yes. And did you feel any sort of pressure being in the medical field to like understand more of what was going on? I spent a lot of my days reading what research articles were currently published yeah. at that time. Um, you know, we were also trying to take measures to open our practice. So dentistry yeah. has always been at the forefront of infection control way beyond hospitals and whatnot. And so we were already having 3D scans of our faces being made to print like these devices that would go over masks to make them turn them into N95s versus, you know, buying all these N95s. And I was going and ordering N95s and KN95s from all these companies to allow us to get back in the office to treat patients. And so I was doing a lot of You probably could that. at that point because masks weren't really a thing yet. Not yeah. yet, no. Right, they, like I mean, there was still they a, were saying a surplus. not to wear them. Right, right. so people could like, like use them in hospitals. Yeah. Get them. Yes, and so I was preparing for my practice to be able to treat patients, ordering gowns, getting all the th- the things in place. And I was doing this with Dr. McDermott. And so we were kind of collaborating together and that allowed those lines of communications to remain open as well. Um, and then finally he got word that things were going to be able to open. I think it was May 8th, if I'm remembering. And I said, amazing. And he said, so you're going to buy the practice then? I said, what? hang on. <laughs> I said, I need you to stay open for two weeks. If you can show me two weeks worth of patients actually coming into the office. Yes, I will. And so he kept me up to date almost every day. This many people showed up today. You know, this is where our numbers are at. Is this still a good buy for you? Because another thing that happened during the pandemic is because the practice values dropped, a lot of sellers were saying, I'm rescinding my offer and this is what I'll offer you now. And I told him I wouldn't do that to him as long as he could show me that patients were coming back. Yeah. So we we both had this like mutual trust for one another that what he was saying is true and that I wasn't going to rescind my offer. So two weeks later, um, he showed me that things were going okay. You know, they weren't great, but I was pleased with where things were. And we signed the papers on May 22nd of 2020. And my dreams came true. I was beyond thrilled I mean it was everything that I had worked so hard for my whole life um my parents got to be there I had my little baby there and I was the owner of this amazing practice um I felt so supported and so loved and um business ownership was everything I thought it would be. It was hard and scary. And it was, um, you know, so many sleepless nights and, um, so many high highs and low lows and, and it was amazing. And since that day in 2020, I have gone through (laughs) hell and back, (laughs) you know, uh, you guys know, um, business ownership is not for the weak. Um, my team has changed a lot. Uh, I have some of the originals with me. Um, 
but mostly I've, I've built a, a team and a vision that I envisioned and I could not be happier um, with where I am now, with the team I have, the patients that have come to understand me, the community that I've been able to take care of, the knowledge that I've gained. Um, you know, I've taken so many continuing education courses to set myself apart. Um, and, and that's given my patients this whole new outlook on what a dentist can do for them. What kinds of courses and things? Um, I've done a lot of airway courses and so I'm, uh, oh, yeah, that was the thing I was like, okay, tell me about that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> tell me about that thing. So tell me about the airway. Sleep and airway trained. I do tongue ties and infant phrenectomies, um, for both infants and adults. Um, I've also taken a lot of leadership courses as well as, I don't want to say psychology, but just making patients feel comfortable in the chair. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Well, a I, lot of people have anxiety going to the dentist. Oh, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I mean, it's not... It's a very vulnerable spot for someone to be working on. Yeah. And it's like right in your everything. You yes. know, it's like your eye, you know, like yes. just everything is there. All of your perceiving things, you know, yeah. your ears, everything. Yes. Right here. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I took all these courses um, to be able to provide my patients with a comprehensive, functional assessment every time they walk into my practice. I don't just look at teeth anymore. I look at how you stand, how you breathe, how you're talking to me, what your tongue is doing, um, you know, where are your shoulders. I immediately I just got like, really self-conscious. <laughs> Should I sit up? I know. <laughs> what is my tongue doing? <laughs> Um, it's just it's given me this whole new perspective on what I'm able to do for my patients and I've been collaborating with other providers in the area to help with things I can't do you know I can't do like sinus surgery I can't that's what I was wondering so you can do the phrenectomies in your office because usually they do like referrals out for that so no I perform them all in my office um we've done I think it's just over 50 of them now in a year that we've been doing it Um, We make sleep appliance devices in my office for patients that don't choose to undergo surgery to get them better oxygen at nighttime. And those patients are coming to me saying, you know, my wife can sleep in the bed with me now. Um, I have energy to go on my runs that I couldn't do before. Um, I'm a better mom to my kids because I'm sleeping well at night. Yeah. Um, And so I get to change lives and it has been so rewarding for me. And, And, you know, looking back, on that first practice sale that, that didn't happen, I, I can't, you know, say this wouldn't have happened, but right. I have to think I was put here for a reason. Pinehurst has this, you know, amazing community of retirees and a lot of them have these issues that I'm able to help them with. And, and who knows if that would have happened back there. But the other thing that Pinehurst has is this military community that has a lot of babies. <laughs> so, <laughs> Always a surplus of babies yes. in the military community. And so I get to help these babies, you know, from birth, hopefully prevent these things as adults. And it's truly. And you don't ask them, do you actually brush your teeth? No. <laughs> right. No. Let's be clear. You didn't go to Dr. Hubbard. I did not this. go to Dr. Hubbard. <laughs> that would this. be a definite no in my practice. Oh um, my gosh. Yes. No. We, we do not talk to our patients that way. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I get to set these babies up for success um, for later in their lives. And I can only hope, you know, Dr. McDermott, he had his practice for just over 30 years and got to see these kids grow up. And I can only hope that that's going to be my experience too. And I can only imagine how rewarding that will feel one day to hand over the keys to someone else and 
feel like I've done a good job Mm -hmm. because that's, you know, the ultimate goal. Well, I remember going to the same dentist my entire life. And even after we got married and moved to Colorado, when we would come home to visit, I would book an appointment with the dentist so I could go to the same dentist. How (laughs) responsible of you when you came home to book a dentist appointment? Yes. I, I could see like a hair appointment, you know, but like that's very adult of you to book a dentist appointment um, when yeah. you're home. I made, I started doing all that stuff for myself really young. When you were like, collecting your pennies for college. Yes. 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 And <laughs> come home, see my neurologist and my dentist and yeah. I'm like you. I made appointments with my hairstylist. Yeah. It's fine. I'm my like, dad if I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm getting my hair done. Yes. That's pretty much it, actually. Yeah. I'm I mean, it doesn't happen anymore, but yeah. <laughs> That's really bad. Yeah. I did work in a hair salon, though, when That's I was right. going through college. So, yes. you know, we were hair models. <laughs> yeah. like, I love that. We're bored. Do you want to color your hair? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a trust there. But yeah. I mean, even just in the, it'll be four years that I've owned my practice this May. Um, and even just in the four years of me being here, we have some of those kids that I saw in high school and they now come and see me on their college breaks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I also have patients that are expecting their first grandbaby. Um, I have patients that are expecting their first baby. And in this short four years, I've seen just how sweet it is when you truly care about people. You know, yes, this is a business. It has to make money. I, I have to keep the doors open. Mm-hmm. Um, and provide for your family and, for, and your employees' exactly. families. Yes. Um, but ultimately these connections are what makes it worth it and what makes the stress and the time and the headaches worth it. And seeing them come back when I get to go into their room for their hygiene appointment and say, Oh, how was that trip that you just took? That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To actually get to know them as people. Yes. That's something I appreciate so much when I go to the doctor, which is not often. (laughs) We all know that Caitlin has an aversion to um, doctors, but I do religiously go to the dermatologist. And what I love so much about her is I never feel rushed. She will ask questions about my kids. And it's not even like she knows my kids, but she knows I'm a mom, you know, and just like seems genuinely interested in what's going on in my life other than like, oh, you stay in all the sun, you're wearing your sunscreen, blah, 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 blah. you yes. know, like it's like, no, we're just humans here. Mm-hmm. Also, it makes it less awkward because I'm basically naked and she's looking over my body. So you have to like have some sort of something, you know, like let's break the ice here, you know, get to know each other. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I do appreciate that. And I actually just had a really great experience with, um, Logan's kidney doctor that he hasn't seen in like two years. He called me, I think it's through, Duke or maybe UNC, he called me, wasn't his assistant, nothing. Hey, how's Logan doing? Just wanted to follow up on the last ultrasound. We saw this. So let's see him again. How do you feel about that? I'm like, what? I was literally like flabbergasted on the phone. Like this is, <laughs> I felt like I was like talking not to a celebrity, but I was just like, what? <laughs> this is the actual doctor. Cause that doesn't happen anymore. You know, you, you're in, you're out, you got three minutes with this patient and you're gone, you yes. know? Well, like, 7 8 p.m the night samantha had her tooth extracted the dentist called me and it was his personal cell phone Mm because like i could see his name and i was like weird yeah that's the dentist that had to pull her tooth today (laughs) (laughs) did something happen (laughs) but i think the pendulum has swung so far in the industry where it uh Maybe seems like it's more efficient to be able to see people. And I think it's starting maybe a little bit to swing back to more of the personal old school, like, you know, home call type of 
Absolutely. doctoring. Yeah. And that's, that's what I wanted in my practice. You know, there are these big corporate offices that are popping up all over the country that just unfortunately aren't personal. They change doctors all the time. Um, you never know what doctor you're going to see. And that was one thing that was big to me was those connections. And that is why I searched for a practice like mine is a fee for service practice that I can spend as much time with you as I want. You shouldn't feel rushed in my office. And I call my patients after big procedures and make sure that they're okay. And, um, you know, that's, that's what we're all searching for is those connections. And you're right. The pendulum is shifting. I have so many patients come from these big corporate offices and just say, your office feels like home. I feel like I know you guys. I feel like you know me. And, and, and that's our goal. That's our mission. So how do you kind of make that happen with your team? You said you've hired new people. You have some OGs from when you yes. took over. <laughs> um, but from the outside looking in, it looks like you have a really amazing company culture. So how, for you as a leader, do you trickle that out to your team? I think what you just said is the biggest thing is I'm a leader, right? Not a boss. Um, I'm friends with all of my employees and they know there's a line there. Mm -hmm. um, but by leading by example, I think is the best way to do things. And they see how much I care about my patients. And I think that that trickles over into them. You know, when they have an interaction with a patient, I, I do think subconsciously they think, is that how I would want to be treated? Is that how Dr. Hubbard would treat them? Um, and, and that leading by example is definitely where it all starts. Um, I, I noticed actually early on that I don't want to say that my attitude was poor, but I wasn't exuding the type of leader. I wasn't being the type of leader I wanted to be. Um, and I saw that in my team at the time. And I said, this has to change. And I tried to figure out how to fix them. But you, you can't fix them. You can't fix people, but you can fix yourself and you can change yourself and how you present yourself. And that will ultimately change the people who fall under you, so to speak. And, you know, you, you lead by example. Um, and, and that has made all the difference in my practice, I think, by shifting my mindset and making sure that I'm in check um, allows for this culture to, to be created. We are truly a family. I love all of those women. And my dad, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, like the resident family. male. Yes. Does he work two days a week? He does. Like he, yep. so he works Mondays and Tuesdays and I work Wednesdays and Thursdays. Okay. Um, and so it works really well. The rest of our, our team works all four days, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, we, we would go to bat for each other. We are there for each other, no matter what. Um, it, it's such a nice place to be. So in this process of taking over, you had two more babies. I did have two more babies. <laughs> so what year, where were you at in the buying and starting the business process when you had the second? Um, let's see. I got pregnant a few months after I bought the practice, um, and I had my second baby right before our one-year um, yeah. anniversary. Um, and so that that was great. And then I just had Porter um, this past October. And so he came at like the three and a half year mark, um, two very different times in the business. You know, that, that one year mark, I was still very, very heavily involved. Um, and at this point, you know, my staff has grown to a point where they can kind of run things without me. Um, and that feels so good as a leader. And, uh, this last maternity leave was very different than that 
that first mm-hmm. baby with the business maternity leave. Um, and so, however, I should say, however, with that first baby that I bought after the practice, that's kind of what shifted everything for me. My mindset, where my practice is, that's when I got started with airway and tongue ties. Um, and so, you know, things in our personal life do affect our business. Um, and that was such a positive for me. So how does that work? Did it, does your dad then work all four days while you're on maternity leave? Or do you just have to take fewer student or students? <laughs> Listen, I'm tired. Fewer patients during that time or? Yes. Um, luckily, my dad covers for me. Um, okay. So he works all four days during my, my leaves. And we cover for each other, too. Like if he takes a vacation, I'll work all four days. Our patients, we have some that request only to see me or him. But for the most part, the apple, again, doesn't fall far from the tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for the most part, they can shift between the two of us and they get pretty much the same. Our, our sense of humor can even be the same some days. So uh, we do that for each other. But this past maternity leave, um, dad has said it's been getting harder to work four days. We are getting very busy. We're growing mm-hmm. so much and I'm so thankful. Um, but when we consider baby number four, I'll have to look at that. I don't want him to feel overwhelmed or burn out um, because seeing as many patients as we do per day does get tiring. And I do hope one day to bring on another associate. That's that's the goal. Um, but until then, you know, while we're in that in between, like, oh, we're too small to bring on another doctor, but not big enough, you know, like that, Mm -hmm. that in between we're figuring it out. What's the, the largest challenge. I I have another friend that's a dentist and she said, finding hygienist is really a challenge. Like, I don't know if people just because of COVID kind of got out of it or just aren't going to dental school. Is that a challenge for you or? I think it's a challenge in the industry in general, finding staff to work a dental office. Um, what I've learned is, when you treat people well, they stay. Mm-hmm. Um, I also try to compensate my employees much better than other offices in the area. One, because we're able to, but two, because I can't do what I do without these la- ladies, you know, behind me. There's no way I could do this. And so um, I may not be the richest dentist in town, and that's okay. Um, I am supporting 10 other people's livelihoods. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious when you were talking about how you kind of looked in the mirror and you're like, I'm not showing up as the leader I want to show up as, what was some of the fallout from that? Um, there was previously, before I had the team I have, there were employees that didn't match where I wanted my vis- my business to envision to grow to. Um, I knew that, but I kept them there. And me, keep- they just weren't doing things like customer service wise that you would want them to do or yes. And they weren't on board with where I wanted to grow to. Okay. Um, I knew that I did not fire them. Um, and I think that gave me resentment, you know, walking into work like, Oh, they're here. And you, you kept them because I was afraid to get rid of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. Like I was afraid to be without someone that had been there longer than me, yeah. um, that knew my patients better than me. Um, and, and I just, I was afraid, but that made me come to work with this attitude. Uh-huh. Um, and it made me, I, I don't know, seem fearful that they would leave. Um, and I, I guess I wasn't also envisioning myself as the leader at that point. Yeah. And 
once I was like, no, no, no. Oh, this falls no. on me. Wait. Yes. <laughs> this is a me problem. I'm this is a boss. me problem. I know. I am the leader of yeah. this. This is my business. This is how I want my patients to be taken care of. This is what needs to be done. And ultimately, I think when that mindset shifted and I took that leadership role that I should have had all along, they left. And what a blessing it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to bring in people that did follow the vision and did believe in what I was doing and and had the same philosophy as I had. Um, and, and was that through the hiring process? Like yes. What questions were you asking to know that these were the people like, yes, these are my people? Um, I like to think I have just really good intuition. Um, I can pretty much tell if someone's going to be a good fit for me or not immediately. Um, but one of my best questions I ask in an interview is, if I could snap my fingers right now and you would have all the money in the world and all the knowledge you would ever need, what would you do for work? And based on how they answer that question is how I know if they're going to fit well with me or not. Um, and you know, some people say, oh, well, I wouldn't. I'd travel the world. Mm, well, do you really want to help people then? You know, like that's what our mission is here is to help people. And if you want to do that for you, that's great and that's fine. It just doesn't fit with the culture I'm building here. So you're not looking for like a very specific answer. You're looking to see the intention behind the answer. Correct. Yep. Most of the people, actually all the people that I have hired that answer that question, say something to the tune of, I'd be doing what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. Or I actually really want to be a vet because I've always wanted to help animals, but I don't have the money to go to vet school. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like they have other intentions. It's not selfish reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, and so those are the people that I bring on because that's, that's our mission is to help people. Yeah. And I don't want it to be about money. I don't want it to be about, um, you know, how is this going to grow me socially or, or whatnot? I want it to be about how can we help the next person that walks through my doors? So you said you see patients two days a week on the other days. Are you still having to be in the office doing admin or do you, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, you're interviewing all these people, you know, are those on the other days or do you just... You just go in those two days and how do you set those like boundaries? Yes. So this year is actually the first year that I've stepped back my admin role because um, I have such a fabulous team to handle things for me. Um, But typically I would do my admin days on Tuesday and see patients on Wednesday and Thursday. I have other business ventures that I am Mm -hmm. getting started with um, Mm -hmm. that I'm very excited about. And so I have backed down my admin days this year to just twice a month. Um, and so that's exciting, but I'm always available. You know, you have to be when you're a business owner. (laughs) So I'm always available. They can always reach me, but I'm in the office twice a month. I remember I actually met Jordan at the, she, yes, the the top uh, 20 under 40 40. thing. And like, neither of us like really knew anybody there and felt really weird. Oh, is that (laughs) who you, um, Yes. Walked yes. up to him and said, like, hey, can we sit here or whatever? Yeah. Or vice versa. Vice versa. Yeah. yeah. And we like dated, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on a date, you're like, I'm trying to get a feel for this person. Right. Do, are we like similar values? Like, right. yes. like that. Yeah. Is this like a like minded thing? And yeah. she was pregnant. So that was the easy transition. Sure. You yes. know, to talk about <laughs> stuff. And it was like, okay, is he your dentist? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how I feel about all the medical things. <laughs> right. And. Um, dating and get to know the information. She's like, so you homeschool, how do you do that and mm-hmm. run a business, mm-hmm. you know, because your kids are, one of them's almost at the age. Yeah. Right. Yeah, my oldest is four and we're still considering it. We have, we have a lot to talk about still. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, um, you know, realizing like, okay, 
all these things align. I'm like, oh yeah, I like this person. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then we were like at preschool yes. one day and we were like, oh, your kids go here too. Okay. I was going to ask, <laughs> you know, obviously two days a week, at least your kids have to go to somewhere or you have a yes, nanny. We or... have a nanny. Sure. Um, we have a nanny just because on those sick days, I can't just tell all my patients, oh, sorry, you can't see your dentist today. Right. <laughs> um, so we have a nanny. Um, but preschool is there for for the extra. Sure. Uh, I feel so like you've got it's your, so like, important. your plan and then you have your backup plan. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I That's try to kind have of a necessity. It is. It is. Especially when, you know, for me and my patients, they call off work. They take a, a PTO day to come see me. I can't, they rely on me. I can't just be like, I'm sorry, I can't be there. Um, so, so yes, we have, we have a nanny. Um, my husband does work from home. Grandma is nearby. We call her Gigi, um, if, if needed. Um, but, but yes, we, we have all of our ducks in a row for that. But yeah, at, at the 20 under 40, I felt the same way. I didn't really know anybody. And I always struggle to tell people I'm a dentist. I'm, I'm very proud of the fact, but people tend to shy away from me. <laughs> oh, why so do you think? they get like intimidated? Yeah. Like, oh, it's, it's like pastors and doctors. Like, yeah, <laughs> those are like the two things that people are like, oh, and I'm like, oh, let me hear about that. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. But, I'm trying to think of like the initial reaction for who, like for you, it might be that. Yeah. But for like, yeah. What do they say? Like, I how can doctors, you tell yeah. they shy away from you? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a fear or just a feeling of, oh, well, I'm not a doctor, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I've uh-huh. never, never looked at myself like, oh, I'm a doctor. Um, but <laughs> you have to talk deeper. Yeah, yes. doctor. Of course, <laughs> yes. to be taken seriously. That is a thing. There are many studies about that, about how women, when we want to be taken seriously, our voices do we get a little deeper. deeper. We're doctors. Uh-huh. Um, yes. So it, it, sometimes I just say I work in the dental field. Um, if I can tell that, you know, it might oh, not. Oh, how general. Yeah, just it might not go over well. And they usually assume I'm a hygienist. Sometimes I correct them. Sometimes I don't. Um, and then they'll get to know me. And they're like, oh, oh, wait, you're, you're the dentist. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, I own the practice as well. And, yeah. and then it's like this shift from people. I, I don't know. Maybe it is intimidating. Um, but I, I don't want people to feel that way. I'm just a person. Uh, well, I do believe that there is a uh, not a not a stigma from other people, but being a young, successful woman, I think for us carries its own stigma of like, oh gosh, I can't be like too successful because I don't want to ostracize people, even though I'm not coming off as like, oh, look at me. I'm so mm-hmm. successful. Um, but I know Savannah, don't get mad at me, Dr. Gardner. But <laughs> when we were talking uh, the other day, she would say she would go in to see patients and you know, she'd be getting their history. She'd be talking to them and they'd say, uh, or she'd say, okay, like I'll have you lie back on the table and they'll be like, okay, is the doctor going to yes. come in? Yes. And she'd be like, oh, that's me. I'm the doctor, you know? And people would then be like, oh, like very taken aback. Mm-hmm. And I just think that there is this stigma of young, successful women. I, I would highly doubt that that happens to men very often. Mm-hmm. But just for women in general, it's just kind of like, oh, okay. So now I have to elevate you and take you a little more seriously, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, oh, let let me make myself a little smaller so I don't intimidate you. I right. know it's very uncomfortable, even at work too. Like we go to kinder music on Friday mornings, and I take my kids, 
and I was saying something and the teacher was saying something and like looked at me for verification. Mm. And I was like, yeah. And I answered the question. And afterwards, one of the moms was like, oh, so do you work here too? And I was like, I'm the owner. And she's like, oh, and it's like, right. It's not a big deal. Sometimes I don't even say that. I would almost sometimes answer that question. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, Yes, I do. I know. Right. I never know what to, how to answer it. And I feel like part of that is so, it's so sad, right? Can't we just say, yes, I'm the owner and and feel great about that. But sometimes I I too have to joke with my patients. They'll be like, oh, you own it. And aren't you young? And I'm like, well, I'm 31. I have three kids. I own my house too. Like, you know, like Like, try to joke about it. I'm super mature. Okay. (laughs) And it's like, part of me wants to tell them. So they see like, hey, I'm also here as a parent. And I also want them to know like, yes, I am here amongst you. So if you ever need anything, like, you know? Yeah. Right. I don't know. I also feel like they're just like us. Yes. 100%. I think that's like such a, they're just crazier. They're just crazier. Yeah. They take on all this responsibility. Right. (laughs) I, I, we don't know why, but, um, but yeah, that's, it's such a, it's a hard stigma, I guess, to break through is sometimes people see these business owners on a pedestal. I know when you told me that you owned the Encore Center, I was like, oh man, she's a bigger business owner than me. You know, like that was... <laughs> I know, we we perpetuate we it. We do this. And, and even saying this out loud, I'm literally like, shut up. Like what right. first world problems do we have? Right. Yes. <laughs> but also like, this is what we're faced with. I think how I try to like force myself to do it now is like, nope, it's really uncomfortable. And now I'm going to sound weird because I'm going to say like, I'm the owner and it just comes out weird. Um, but I just force myself to do it. I'm like, no, just be uncomfortable like, and say, say it. Yes. question. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the owner. Even for the longest time, my under like me, our team, I was at the very bottom mm-hmm. because I was like, no, this is the people that make it happen. And Luke was like, babe, no one knows who owns the school. Right. Like they, they just don't even know who you are because no one scrolls to the bottom of this page. Put yourself at the top. And I was like, oh God. Okay. But isn't that so true? Like I, I love my team. I love them. They make it happen too. But without me, there would be no team. Right. You know? (laughs) And I think sometimes we forget that we humble ourselves to a point where, yes, we need to remain humble and we need to say, I can't do this by myself. But we have to remember where the reason why it's happening. Yes. Right. And it's that fine line of like, I don't want to come off as like, yes, I'm so successful with this business and like, look at me. And then also like, oh, I'm just a peasant down here at the bottom. Right. Like, <laughs> don't look at me. I don't do anything. I know. I used to make all the playbills for our shows and I would put myself at the bottom. And it's it's just stayed that way because people use my template to make it. And Brandon's like, why isn't your name at the top? Like yeah. the whole reason this show is happening is because you bought this place, mm-hmm. you created it, you hired these people. I was like, yeah, but they're the ones doing the work for it. I just get to show up and watch it. Mm-hmm. He's like, but they have the work because of you. Your right. name should be at the top. And I'm, but now how do I go say, um, <laughs> can you move my name to the top, please? <laughs> when you make the next playbill. I know it is so weird. It's but really weird. You guys have created this. She's the boss podcast. And it was 
I'm a part of this group called the Mommy Denison Business, and they're amazing. And we get to celebrate our wins together. And it feels like I have this community of people that yeah. truly understand me, right? Mm-hmm. We're all moms. Yep. We're all dentists. Most of us are also business owners. And when you guys created the She's the Boss podcast and I first saw it on Instagram, I was like, wow, here's this other community of women that I get to celebrate my wins with without feeling ashamed or mm-hmm. like I'm bragging mm-hmm. or something because we all just want that. Um, but only really other business owners get that to a certain point where there's this line where you can celebrate, but you have to stay humble. Mm-hmm. But you want to share how successful things were last year, but you don't want to share too much. Mm-hmm. And you guys have created this opportunity for us to be like, look at what I'm doing and isn't it awesome? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And feel comfortable with that. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> right. And as we're sitting here thinking, I'm like, why is it that we do that? Right. Why do we feel like we have to kind of pull back on what we're doing in our life? And it's not for other like men. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's not because of men. No. It's because of women. Yes. And it's because there's a lot of judgment from women, whether it's subconscious or conscious. And we're really worried about where we fall within the female circle. Yes. And so we're like, well, there's there's also these women and we don't want to make them feel bad. And so we don't say this. And then also like, sure, look at my successes, but don't look at me and don't don't like notice that I accomplished anything. It's this weird thing within like the female society. And I hope that that changes. Just yesterday, there was a post on my mommy dentist page about all these dentists who also have these huge companies. Like, so they, they are dentists and mm-hmm. doing amazing things. And they also have these massive corporations that they've created because there was a problem and they found a solution. Yeah. And there's this saying, right, that the people you surround yourself with are who you become. And don't we all want to be like that? I remember reading that list on Facebook last night and thinking, I want to be just like them. I want my name on that list one day. And that needs to be celebrated. I'm celebrating those women, right? They're doing amazing things. I don't feel bad. So I have to remind myself, I look at them with so much inspiration and hope and, um, you know, challenge. I hope that's how other women look at me. Yeah. Inspiring. Right. Yes. Without judgment. Exactly. I know. It's all just the stupid story Well, (laughs) in my head. (laughs) See, we've had experiences too. I kind of feel like that. And, um, so we live, you know, we live in Pinehurst. We have seven bedroom house, I guess, pool, all the things. And like when we got the house, we're like, oh yeah, this is going to be so fun. We'll have people over all the time, yada, yada, yada. But my kids would make friends like through the studio. And mm-hmm. um, at her birthday party, a family came over and the dad looked around and said, oh, so this is what we're paying for. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. How bold. And I said, "Um, actually, my husband paid for this. I love that you felt like you had to respond. I would have done the exact same thing. Like, oh, okay, listen here, buddy. But yeah, like we, I don't have to respond to that. But first of all, that man was a much higher rank than my husband and making way more money than him. But I was like, actually, my husband and his 11 deployments paid for this house. Mm -hmm. So what you're paying for (laughs) is your daughter's instruction and the building that she goes to. I think at that point I still was like not even really paying myself. Right. Sure. Right. But even if you were that, 
yes, thank you for supporting my small business and my family because that's right. what you do when you support small business. But right. like, yeah, the idea that have... it wouldn't pay your mortgage is dumb. Right, like, totally. I am a successful business owner, which means that I've set my business up to be profitable to provide for my family. And that's what never makes sense to me is like, there's this, there's a line and I haven't figured out where it is, but it's when you transition from small business to mega giant corporation, because nobody is balking at Walmart's seven houses with their vacation home and their yacht. But somehow you can balk at a small business owner's seven bedroom house. I think it's because it's so close to you. Do you know what I mean? Like you can see these people in your community living. We don't see like, bill gates living his life right you know think whatever you want about him but um but you know what i mean it's not in your face where you know you can put a face to encore and Mm -hmm. see sarah and know that she lives here or whatever you know it's just yeah and it's just crazy to me because i'm like i bought this house probably for close to what you bought your house for and then we had another similar experience and they were saying stuff to my daughter about it and my husband and I put up a hard line and we're like, okay, no more kids from the studio that you're friends with can come to our house because then it puts her in an awkward situation. But I'm kind of at the point now where I'm like, we have this, we should share it. We shouldn't be mm-hmm. ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I mean, we have a big house cause we have five kids, right? <laughs> we have yeah. to have enough bedrooms. To and you've also it. made some really smart decisions over the last 10 years yes. to yes. be able to have that house. Right. I mean, yeah, we did real estate investments from the time we got married and just kept rolling and rolling and rolling. But, but it is it's wild. Like, why even, do I need to explain that? I know. Right. Even right. sitting right. here, <laughs> even sitting here, we're like, Jordan and I are like, yeah, yes. <laughs> justifying it for you. It's just like such a mind fuck, if I can say that. Like, it's just like. It is. It's, yeah, like, okay, so let's justify our successful businesses. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, or, or could or we just... Isn't that the goal, right? <laughs> the goal is always to be successful <laughs> and fina- to financially be free at some point. Yeah, <laughs> to have the freedom to, like, live the life you want to live. That's everybody's goal, I feel like. I know. No matter if you're a business owner or not. And so the fact that, you know, you feel like you've been almost ostracized, like, that's yeah. just, like... So last hard. night, my I was looking around, I'm like, dang, this house is a disaster. And I almost like took a video of it and posted it on Facebook because I like just try and keep it real. But um, that's also comes from the same place mm-hmm. of feeling like you have to justify like, no, I'm just a real person. I don't th- like live in this tower. Yeah, right. because three people yesterday called me like Superwoman. Oh, I was one of those. <laughs> Not yesterday. I don't mean it in a patronizing way. I mean like I yes, know. but and I think I said like you have been super mom and even super mom needs a bit of a break. Yeah, no. But yeah, no, it's from other people and I'm just like <laughs> I feel like I need to like justify this and show this chaos and like there's probably still a dirty diaper in a room somewhere that I need to clean and like but I think anyone who's genuinely saying that to you understands that being super mom doesn't mean your house is super clean with your laundry done and your dishes done it means like holy shit you're dealing with a lot of stuff you have Mm -hmm. a bunch of kids stuff there's so much mental capacity there like you're doing it until and we see you yeah I like legit had a panic attack last week I was like reached my capacity yeah my body was just like nope shut down and it like made me stop and then saturday i didn't do anything yeah good i just wore my pajamas all day took a shower and put on clean pajamas Mm -hmm. yes that was my day yeah but it was like like you you. you feel like you have to document and tell these people these things because you also don't want 
to be put on a pedestal, but it's also part of my history and life. Yeah. I I feel like too, though, at some point, these people will realize this. Like we're all just humans, Mm -hmm. right? We're all just humans trying to do our best. And some of us have successful businesses and some of us have failed ones. I mean, my first business, I didn't even get to buy it. Like, you know, Um, and so we all have these highs and lows. And I think that's true for people who even aren't business owners. They have a great job. They get fired. They, we all just have this journey that we're on and we're all just trying to do our best. Yeah. Maybe I hope, you know, you guys get to share all these stories from these business owners. I hope maybe other people will listen and, and realize we're all, we're all just people. And I remember leaving the 20 under 40 that night and I was like, Shane, do you know what she owns? Like, and he's like, do you realize how successful your business is? I know. And I was like, I love the oh, hype husbands. Yes. They, they bring, it'll happen even in conversation, like at something like that where I'm like, yeah. And then this happened and we started a school and blah, 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 blah. And Luke will always go back to like, no. And like put his hand almost like pushing me back from the conversation. Yeah. And he's like, she says this, but what she really means <laughs> is that she ran a team for Tony Rob. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Right. Like stop. <laughs> See my accomplishments. Do not talk about them. Like do not acknowledge, you know, but the hype husbands are good. They They're like good. help you realize like, no, you're kind of doing something cool. Good right. job. You know, <laughs> Yeah, your it's hus- good. Your husband's a good dad too. I see him. He does preschool drop off a lot. He he's does. like, oh, he's like super playful with them. Oh, my husband would probably be like, get out of the car. <laughs> Go One, inside. two, three. I know. Let's like get, get, get to the, yeah. yeah. We have our strengths and we, I'm, I am the baby. Of course. Like I love the baby stage. That newborn, give me all the newborns. That like two to probably six year old. That's really my husband's jam. <laughs> oh, good. Um, I like that. That's, that's my husband's a good jam. Yeah. And then I'll take over at like the six and up age. Okay. Um, that's when they get awkward for me. I'm like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's a very, very involved father. And if he wasn't we would not be talking about having another one, but he's did, good. Tinder did me well. Tinder, Tinder did you well. That's right. <laughs> did he keep the same job the whole time? Between he's all had the... the same job. Um, so he, my husband, the ultimate hype man for me does not hype himself enough. He has had, um, amazing things happen to him at work. He has had his algorithms essentially trademarked. Um, he's created this thing that no one in the world has before. And unfortunately, because he works oh, for a company, the company, it's theirs. It's theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he's amazing. He is, does very, very well. He is very high up in his company. And going back to what you said, when we talk about the house and whatnot, that's always my fallback. And it's like, do you know how high up my husband is in his company? That's right. who's paying for this. Right. <laughs> You're like, I'm yes. paying alone. Right. <laughs> but also God forbid we did pay for our freaking right. house. You right. know what I mean? I like, know. not that I did either, but <laughs> so yes, he has had the same job, but he, um, kind of surprised his company with being like, Oh, by the way, we're moving to North Carolina in two weeks. His has his company did not allow for remote work, but because he is the only one that does what he is doing, mm-hmm. they couldn't say no. Yeah. When so. you are like a diamond in the rough mm-hmm. and it, you're very hard to replace, you kind of have the leverage to say, well, now this I work from doing. home. Well, yes. and it sounds like it was at the time where everybody did that anyway. So well, it kind of worked was. out. It was just <laughs> before it. It was right before people. It was in 2017. So mm-hmm. um, still kind of new, but he's still, he was the only person at his entire company. Who, you know, it's a publicly traded company that was allowed to work from home. So he had some privileges. That's right. Because it started. Yes. Okay, and so there. now, now more of them work from home, but um, he still has a lot of privileges that they don't have. So 
it's it's very nice. He likes to be home. He gets to come down on for coffee breaks and see the kids. And yeah, I get to be home five days a week. Um, so I get to be mom. We can consider homeschooling. I ha- like I said, I have other business ventures. That yeah, we- I want to hear about that real quick. If you can share anything, yeah, um, I'll share a little bit. Um, we I have spoken to many people in our community about some real estate ventures that we plan to take. Um, that's part of the reason why I work two days a week and my dad works two days a week. We're both very handy. We've always talked about flipping houses together. Oh, cool. And so that is um, soon to be on the horizon. My other business venture is um, totally not even dental related. Uh, it's a goal of mine this year to officially open it. So we'll see what happens. But no, it's more in the retail realm. And that's what I'll say about it right oh. now. So. Yeah, I'm very, very excited. I'm so intrigued. I know. I, <laughs> like, I tell always me have more. like this idea of you know you you keep your cards closed until it's time to share them. Because right. sure. a couple of my other business ventures that I've had, other people are now doing. So I'm like, okay, I, I can't talk about them until they're there. But yeah. um, but yeah, this one I'm very excited about. Hopefully, coming later this year. Cool. We'll have to have you back. Yeah, on. keep us yes, posted. I will. We were just talking about that last night. Um, with like what you share with people. Because Molly has, my daughter has started her little bracelet business and, uh, she said something about somebody else starting a bracelet business and she was kind of frustrated. And I said, honey, thousands of people sell bracelets. Nothing that any of us today can think of is new. Right. Like somebody else was doing them before we were doing them. Do they do them the way that we would do them? No, that's what makes it unique. So you have to think of innovative ways to add more value. I mean, we're learning all about how to run a business and everything like that. And like, yes, there are going to be different buyers for different businesses. And you know, you, you may not be after the same market and like location makes a difference. All of the stuff that I'm trying to teach her and sort of take the emotion out of it. Like, I'm like, I hope you get to a place where you can really wish her well and, and success. Yes. And yes, build those women up. Yes. Right. <laughs> Instead of like, and, and she sort of got there during the conversation, but that's hard for an 11-year-old, you know? She feels... They're already... Yeah, middle school's hard. Oh yeah. my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yep. I am like, the world of emotions is like, and I, you know, I, I get it, you know? I'm like, I get the highs and lows, but I'm also like, oh my gosh, this was a... 15 minute ride home from Encore last night and going from like, yeah, class was like this and it was great. And then it was like crying about this thing. And then she was like a little bit angry afterwards. And then I was, didn't talk to her. And then she was mad that I didn't talk to her. And I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. This is hard. I have boys. <laughs> hoping that that gives me something. Yeah. I on. think they each present their own challenges, yes. you know, but yeah. I'm definitely falling back on, I've said probably three times in the last like week and a half, how you say like the older the kid, the bigger the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel that so much. And even then they're not like huge problems, but I'm just like, oh yes, these get much more complex as they get older and they require a lot more thought as to like a consequence and what you're going to say. And like, okay, don't go down that like side of things, like stick to this side. They don't need to know too much, you know, like <laughs> right. uh, it's a lot. It's and a lot. parenting goes from discipline it's like a, a chart, like discipline to discipleship. Like you, you have to like, <laughs> like swap right at that age of like, I'm not going to discipline you for it, mm-hmm. but you need to learn from it. Mm-hmm. And this is a natural consequence. Yeah. Like, 
I'm a big believer in natural consequences, but yes. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to explain because then my kids are like, well, what do you ever have to have consequences? I'm like, yes, but nobody grounds me or like takes away my phone, you know? Right. right. <laughs> like, Instead, like people don't come to our school anymore. Right. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like it's like these big things. Yes. Somebody writes something on Facebook yes. or like, you know, you get a ticket and you have to go to court right. or, you know, whatever it is. Yes. It's just much more intense and you probably don't see us handle it because we don't share it with you. Yeah. And but, also every mm. kid, the there's no easy kid. What you think is the easy kid will later be harder because mm-hmm. <laughs> you didn't have to discipline as, them as much when they were younger. So they didn't learn the hard way younger. But the ones I've seen that I discipline more younger because they're always just pushing the boundaries. Like later, I'm like, oh, you don't even need me. You're good. <laughs> so gives me hope. Gives me hope. Yeah. It does. <laughs> yes. Just remember that leader that you have that you had to discipline yeah. so much when they were younger yeah gonna be yeah. great <laughs> so channeled in the leadership direction exactly that's the thing like yeah. I I look back on my life you know I've always like I mentioned so many times I've always been that leader and I joke with everyone when we try for baby number four I pray to God it is another boy because I do not need another one of me I was a handful um, I was a lot, <laughs> but you know, Hey mom well, and dad, I'm a... like a CEO of my company now, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But you make it a you, but as a baby, like the fourth, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. not like the firstborn that's, that's like paving like the way. Much. Yeah. Yeah. You'll know what battles to pick by then. Right. Hopefully. And it'll make your older <laughs> ones mad because yeah. they'll be like, you would have never let me get away with that. And like, well. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a different parent now because yep. that was like 15 years ago. Yep. <laughs> I yes. realized it. Yeah. Well, awesome. great. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you guys for having me. This was fun. Yeah, it was a great conversation. I like when it just feels like you're just talking and no and one's time listening. Time like flies by. You're yeah. Like, wow. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Love well, it. Uh, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you? Yes. So you can find us. We are located in Pinehurst officially, our building. Um, it's over by the Southern Pines Women's Clinic. But find us online at HubbardDentalNC.com or you can find us on Instagram, Jordan Hubbard DDS. Great. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much. All right. Bye. Bye. bye.